Tom, I got a question for you. Lay it on me, Liam. And I think it's one that only you can answer. Oh, good. This is my favorite. Who would win in an oiled bare-knuckle brawl? Eric Garland or Seth <laughs> Abramson? Oh, no matter who wins, we lose. That's what I thought you were going to say. Thank you. It's oh. a real alien versus predator situation. Yeah. Welcome to Meeting Pagers. <laughs> Where sometimes we talk about weird Twitter pundits, but usually we don't. Yeah, but I, I, I've i seen both of them in my timeline a lot, just getting dunked on. So I just thought I'd join in yeah. the, the ball game. Well, no, 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 Liam. Eric just uncovered uh, Gizmodo's Russian compromat scheme to run hit pieces against him. I'm really not sure what he says their motivations actually are. If Gizmodo was a porn site, finish the rest of that joke at home. This is a storytelling <laughs> podcast. Gizmodo is what we're looking for. Uh where Tom and I research true stories based on things we like. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm Liam. I like talking about the culture of video games and the internet. I like talking about show business, and we usually center it around a theme. Yeah, and this this week, that theme was money. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka money, 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 money. All I want to do is... Cash! Blam, 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 blam. Money. <laughs> That's exactly how the song goes. And if you at us, if you at us, finish that one at home too. We'll probably very politely accept your correction because it, yeah. it is factually true in this case. Uh, and yeah, I'm going first this week. Sorry, I'm a little sick. Two men are trapped overnight in an airport, each with $75 in their pocket. One man derives pleasure from exercise. He uses his $75 to purchase the only gym option available to him, a one-month membership to the airport gym. He works out, enjoys himself thoroughly, and sleeps in his complimentary overnight room. The other finds happiness in drink and spends his $75 on airport booze. He drinks, is content, and goes to sleep in his complimentary room. The next day, the two men get on their flights and leave. The question... Who had more fun on their dollar? Uh, it was, uh, he was standing on an ice block, and that's why there's a puddle under the hanging body. All right, well, I'm not going to give you the answer yet, Liam. Because <laughs> I answered a different question entirely. Mm. I don't know. I asked you to tickle my armpit, and you licked my foot. No, I. you asked <laughs> me to answer a question, and I answered a different question. Your metaphors are perverted. The year is 2005. Everybody's so excited for the Xbox 360. It's coming out this year. Everybody, wow. Yeah, right? It's been, Jesus. It's been 13 years. It'll be 13 it's old years. enough to drink. This month, November. Everybody's, yeah. Like, it's the sequel to the Xbox, which wasn't perfect, but, like, it had Halo. Everybody's really excited to see what, like, Microsoft is doing with this new console when it finally releases and consumers just get, like, hands-on with it. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? What do they do? They launch the Xbox, and with the launch of the Xbox 360, they introduce a new digital currency. Oh, no. Oh, what all the gamers were clamoring for, getting all their gamer paws, screaming, <laughs> please give us points. They're little foxes. I know. Oh, God. Could you could you imagine what a better world we'd live in if, if foxes, gamers, if were, gamers foxes? were foxes? Yeah. If gamers were foxes and gamers were boxes, finish that one at home. <laughs> first known as Xbox Live Points, Microsoft Points were first available for pre-order on October 26, 2005. 
The conversion rate is 80 points per US dollar with bundle packages available like 1600 for $20, etc. Initial reaction is resigned. Cynical, throw your hands up. Well, they're gonna nickel and dime gamers. What can what can you do about it? Waka waka. I hate that Fozzie Bear is a gamer now. <laughs> Listen to this quote from an October end. <laughs> Absolutely piece. not. If you read me a quote, I will light a fire. By Vladimir Cole, get ready to burn the apartment down, Liam. Quote: Points will be used to purchase items in the Xbox Live Marketplace, including but certainly not limited to deals, special rims, and other image enhancers for your racing cars, clothing for your avatars. <laughs> I love rhyming. Additional points for your gaming czars. Oh, I made it a triplet there. Additional episodes or levels for a game that you already own, and maybe even special swords and armor for your RPG characters. Heck, you might one day be able to skip that whole grind thing and purchase a tricked out six, level 60 character in the Xbox 360 version of World of Warcraft. I forgot about that part of the quote. Man. Never came out. Never came out was, I'm pretty sure, never a thing. Most of these items are expected to cost well under a dollar, <laughs> which is why they're commonly called microtransactions. So there's this tepid response, but there are also a lot of defenders. I mean, Interesting. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, think about the loot box episode we had yeah. where, where, like... Pro-consumer YouTube gamers heavy square scare quotes like being like oh like they gotta make money somehow like it's just it's just part of the business like That's right uh, McGruff. That's literally all it is. It's just a it's just a money making scheme, and everybody like very nakedly was aware of this. It's not as Microsoft claims in its defense a way to reduce individual credit card transactions. Here's how we and everybody else knew. Most of the point bundles don't actually add up evenly to items you could purchase in the Xbox Live marketplace. Sure, a hefty DLC might cost 1,600 points, same as the $20 bundle, but what about smaller DLCs? What about those aesthetic purchases? What about horse armor? <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the horse armor? <laughs> And by the way, like, conversations about Microsoft points are often very, like, U.S.-centric in focus. Uh, things get even messier when you take different currencies into account. Uh, all the following apply to 80 Microsoft points. Uh, $1.24 Canadian, uh, 0.68 pounds, 0.96 euros, 118.4 yen. These, these points are a nightmare and nobody likes them. What this creates is a waste economy with millions of points only visible in these small, for example, 125 point chunks of leftover points floating, bloated, and forgotten in an Xbox Live account. I really like that turn of phrase there, bud. Thank you. I'm just imagining these, oh, I'm so, uh, I'm, other point, I'm, I'm going out. Yeah. I'm dying in this account. Oh, this Xbox Live account. Oh, the old ball and chain. You so, know the saying. So why did you stop listening to Media Majors? Oh, they pretended to be Xbox points in a, in a pool for two and a half straight hours. Very quickly, things turn on Microsoft points, and people are like, hey, like this is a scam. What the fuck? And it creates this culture of indignance and spite. Nobody likes waste. The motivating idea behind this is like, oh, if, if gamers only have like 100 points in, in their video game vault then they'll buy more 
more, 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 it will accrue and it'll ultimately like add up incrementally to make Microsoft more money. But what ends up actually kind of happening is yes, that, but articles and pieces and and stuff like that written about how you can funnel out that waste currency. Speaking of which, Luke Plunkett, 2010, writing for Kotaku, gave advice on what to do with inevitable post-purchase waste of the Modern Warfare 2 DLC. Do not buy. Quote, Entire industries have sprung up on the Xbox 360 in recent years, all built around the MSP leftover phenomenon, there to convince you to part with your spare change in exchange for trinkets. Don't do it. Continue, quote, Avatar clothes, paying to advertise somebody's game or gloat or clothing company please gamer picks and themes paying for what is essentially 360 wallpaper don't do it would be equally strict on gamer picks but since they've declined in use since the introduction of avatars you probably don't need much of a warning they 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 create like smaller commodities for people to like spend that waste on but a lot of those commodities end up being indie games because under the buy section plunkett simply just lists video games and, and so a lot of this waste economy and waste currency is spent on independent games at lower prices with this obligatory purchase that you make with this money you don't want. So for years, this endures until 2013. Everybody's feeling something about the Xbox One. The sequel to the Xbox 360, Microsoft has been milking its franchises for the better part of the last decade, and people are ready for something, for anything to inject some life into the brand. And what do they do? Connect. <laughs> no, not that. Good guess, though. They do give fans something they've been clamoring for, the death of Microsoft points. <laughs> at E3 2013, uh, still working for Microsoft at the time, Mark Witten announces that upon release of the Xbox One, all items on the Xbox Live Marketplace will be available for local currency, not digital. The fans cheer. And on August 26th, 2013, Microsoft points die. But if you ask me, I think the damage has kind of already been done. Yeah. I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot recently uh, because of specifically one of the developers for Night in the Woods, Scott Benson, at Bombsfall on Twitter, uh, tweeted about indie games recently and how indie games should be more expensive because they are as valuable as a lot of AAA titles, even if not as much money goes into them. I asked that question at the very beginning, who had better value, more fun on that night with their dollar? And the answer is both of them had the same amount of fun because equally, like they enjoyed their night for the same price and got what they wanted to out of it. By creating this waste economy and, and having that, that leftover, that crud be this blight on you, on your account of like, oh fuck, I've got this dead money that I have, that I want to spend so I don't have it, so I don't feel like it's wasted. What do I spend it on? I guess I have to spend money on one of these indie games that is priced so low. The reasons that indie games are priced low and why people get so mad at indie developers for charging like 15 to 20 dollars on their game it's a whole thing and i i kind of think that this waste economy contributed to that a little bit not as directly as as other influences but and also like there are other online currencies like on the the nintendo like we we shop excuse me 
um, on their online stores. They did have digital currencies for a time, but like if we're kidding ourselves, if we say that Nintendo really like influenced the way people think about online stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They just discovered online. Yeah. Like they're just figuring it out in a like feasible, accessible way. And Microsoft has like a very specific relationship with the the internet. But I don't know. I think that Microsoft contributed a lot to the way that gamers think kind of negatively and incorrectly about the way indie games are sold, purchased, and enjoyed. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. I'm so sick. You are so gross. You spat on my face at one point. I'm petrified. I'm so sorry. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back... I'm going to spit on Liam's face again, but audibly this time. And uh, and, uh, call in to save me. That number is (laughs) 1-800-6969-6969. Yeah, we're going to hear about a show on the network, and then I'm going to tell a little tale. Stay tuned. Hey, Eric McAdams. It's me, Liam Sr. I am so hungover and feel very sick. Do you have anything you can give me? How about a weekly news roundup podcast where I tell you all the horrible news stories from the day, from politics to entertainment to anything else, maybe even some nice, fun, good stories. Who knows? I guess I'll just listen to the Sunday Morning Hangover Cure every Sunday on the Major Cast Network or wherever you get podcasts. That sounds like a good idea. Maybe maybe listen to it and then take a nap. I'm dying. We're back. A dinosaur story. I You stole that from me. I did that so many times. I know, I've already stolen it from you. In law. Frivolous litigation is the practice of starting or carrying on lawsuits that, due to their lack of legal merit, have little to no chance of being won. Frivolous litigation may be based on absurd legal theories, may involve a superabundance or repetition of motions or additional suits, may be uncivil or harassing to the court, or may claim extreme remedies. Uh, A claim or defense may be frivolous because it has no underlying justification in fact or because it was not presented with an argument for a reasonable extension or reinterpretation of the law. Are you still there, listener? Oh, no? That's all right. I understand. Examples of frivolous lawsuits include D.C. Judge Roy Pearson suing a dry cleaning establishment $67 million for losing a pair of his pants. Okay, normal. A man in prison for beating a prostitute and her client with a shoe. Oh, Jesus. Suing Nike because they did not put a warning label on the shoe. Horrifying and gross. Mm-hmm. And someone pretending to be a fake attorney from Family Guy and suing A&W for having too heteronormative and non-phallocentric enough names for their products. What is the... What do they get out of this? It's frivolous litigation, my friend. Do they... I mean, like, do they get money out of this? God, no. They, then why l- do they, they lose money. Why? Then why do they do it? Probably because they think it's really funny. Oh, I love to piss in my wallet. It's my favorite thing every <laughs> morning. I take a I nice fill it with orangey piss. piss into my money clip. I stink. But some of the best frivolous suits come from people who sue movies. Yes, people sue movies. They see a movie and then they leave the theater and they sue it. Who represents the, the lollipop field? <laughs> oh, uh, the movies? The They have lawyers. Oh, okay. Yeah, people who work in entertainment law. Mm. Um. You'd think this one maybe have happened like once or twice, but no, it's happened so many times. 
So we're gonna look at some of the best times that people have tried to sue a movie in a little thing I like to call courtroom drama. Like a drama. Drama. Part one. <laughs> Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is maybe one of the worst films ever made. Oh, man. It has no sense of cinematic language, it doesn't know what a movie is, and it looks like it was edited by a drunk paper shredder. And it also fooled me into thinking that Margot Robbie was a bad actress. How dare you, Suicide Squad? <laughs> How dare you, David Ayers? But it also falters on some of its promises, like the one that Jared Leto's Hot Topic Cartel Lord Joker would be a main character. Ah, but alas, he is only oh, in the no. film. He is only in the film. Oh no! For about five minutes. What What are we gonna do without more Jared Leto in my, in our lives, Liam? It should be said that the psychological damage and sexual harassment he did to the other cast members, such as sending them dildos that were inside of him and dead rats, which is a crime, will live on forever. Some people were actually quite upset with the lack of an abusive clown in that movie. One man, known on Reddit as Black Panther 2016. He got the date wrong, <laughs> off by two years. He is suing Warner Brothers in DC over the movie's removal of scenes that were in the trailers, specifically scenes involving Joker claiming he's gonna beat people. Then, wait, he and he can't win this because there are a million trailers out there with footage not in the film. He made a post on the movie subreddit claiming that he drove 300 miles to London to watch a da -da 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 -da. very- <laughs> If I could drive 300 miles to London to watch Jared Leto beat up people. He wanted to watch specific scenes explicitly advertised in the TV ads. He left the theater feeling disappointed and demanded a refund. And according to him, he was laughed at and thrown out of the theater. <laughs> so now he's gonna sue the makers of the film with the help of his brother who is a lawyer. Would you like to hear an abridged Facebook post he wrote about oh, this? Oh, God, yes. Movie Liam. trailers are like food menus. They give you a preview of what you're going to get. Mm. You look at a McDonald's menu and you get to choose your favorite burger, oh, yeah. presented in a nice picture with pickles, chicken, mild cheese. That's my favorite part about the, the pictures on menus, especially at establishments like McDonald's, is that the food looks exactly the same when it comes out. You use your hard-worked money to pay for this burger. You get the burger only to find that it isn't a burger you ordered. It has pickles and chicken, but it doesn't have mild cheese. Kind of lost the thread with your Facebook post there, Black Panther 2016. Why are you putting chicken on your burgers, bud? Warner Brothers and DC Comics have yet to comment on the threatened legal action and probably never will. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would imagine so. Part two, at the drive-in. Sarah Deming is a woman in Michigan who one day went to see the Ryan Gosling artsy crime noir drive. Later that year, she filed a lawsuit against the movie. <laughs> she sure did, Liam. She really did. See, the Tell me why. So two reasons. One, because of subliminal anti-Semitic messages. Now. Really? Now, I am Jewish, and I have watched Drive a Budge. What the fuck is she talking yeah, about? Yeah, I was gonna say, you're pretty cinematically, uh, uh, uh... So what I think she's referring to is that the two bad guys are Ron Perlman and Albert Brooks, who are both Jewish in real life, and they're gangsters, so they're not gonna do good things. Weird to comment on that, Sarah Deming from Michigan. So that was one reason. It would be, it would be kind of odd to be like, well... Every villain played by a Jewish character is clearly a statement about 
the Jewish people. Yeah. Um, and you're a cinematically literate boy. I think you'd be able to pick up on <laughs> stuff yeah, like I, that in I, the film. Basically, they're not stereotypes in that movie. They're just gangsters. They don't. They don't turn to the camera and go, "I am Jewish," I am and a then Jew. like say some sort of like weird anti-Semitic Hanukkah, conspiracy Hanukkah, theory. Hanukkah, Hanukkah. Like maybe you're looking for things, Sarah Deming. But the bigger part of the lawsuit was that the movie wasn't a car chase film like the Fast and Furious movies. Oh. Another person trying to sue a movie because the trailer wasn't exactly true. A judge in Oakland, uh, uh, Oakland, Michigan, rejected the plaintiff's uh, putative class action in 2012, concluding that there was no misrepresentations of material fact, even assuming the trailer contained subliminal anti-Semitism. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So she just sued for the trailer having anti-Semitism. That is what the official statement from the judge says. My theory is that he just watched the trailer. (laughs) I don't know what this woman is talking about. Uh, but this was not the end to this. Her lawyer, this guy whose last name is Leaf, he like loves this lawsuit, so he expanded it, and now he's suing uh, director Nicholas Reffin uh, Wayne. I can never pronounce his name right. Albert Brooks, Sony Pictures, Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Google, AMC, and not Ryan Gosling. So there you go. Ryan gets away unscathed. He always does, just like he does in Drive. Part three: Monster in Law. Monster-in-Law is a movie. Jane Fonda is in it. Jennifer Lopez is in it. I've never seen it or heard of it. It's about a mother-in-law who's really more of a monster-in-law. Ah, Liam, what if, but what if we pitted women against each other? No one really liked it, especially Sherry Gilbert, who thought that this movie was way too based on her own experiences with her mother-in-law. So she sued the movie. She had an unproduced screenplay that was based on her life, and she was like, this movie stole from it. Well, to be fair, there is a scene in Lady Bird where Lady Bird's mom, uh, Lady Mom, <laughs> says, a, a, gives like a lecture that is almost word for word something that my mom said to me. So I'm currently suing Greta Gerwig for my life rights. Yeah, you basically read the rest of the story just there. She su- tried to suit everybody. Fonda, Lopez, the director, the writers, the crew crew, the studio, just everybody. And they were all like, we, we've we never heard of you or read your script. <laughs> Please leave us alone. Hey, speaking of writers, part four, Avatar, but it's a pun on affidavit, a law term. James Cameron came up for the idea for Avatar in the 90s. He has a weird dated document to like with an outline of it to prove this, but that hasn't stopped numerous people suing James Cameron claiming that he stole the story from them. This includes... But, I mean, like, it's just Pocahontas. It's like, Pocahontas and Fern Gully and Dances Can you with really Wolves. be it's stealing It's a thousand the... different stories. Yeah. But restaurant owner, a restaurant owner, old PAs, a, a children's book author, even someone who wrote a book after Avatar came out claims that James Cameron stole the idea from that book. Awesome. Don't make the most successful movie ever or people are going to try to get some of that juicy, juicy Navi money. Mmm, num, num, num. Put your blue tail in my eye and uh, that's how we have ponytail. sex, I think. One person claimed that they wrote a sci-fi story that had like ponytail uh, intercourse and that it was stolen directly from that. And it's like, no, you're a weirdo. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, person, let me, l- let me direct you to some fan fiction over on the web. Part five. My wife oh, is God. guilty, your honor. <gasps> Twist. 
Borat is a movie where Sasha Baron Cohen says bad, dumb things to show how bad and dumb everyone is. I think I successfully just summed up his entire career. Yeah. Literally everybody who appeared in the movie Borat tried to sue the fictional character of Borat or the movie. Some of these lawsuits were understandable. The country they used as a stand-in for Kazakhstan uh, was the tiny Romanian city Glod, and they sued because they were told it was going to be a documentary about their town, and instead it was just a bunch of slander. Yeah, that sounds like a, a really shitty racist way to exploit a bunch of people. Some of these lawsuits are super laughable and show how bad the people truly are. For example, there's a scene where Borat hangs out with three frat boys who immediately start spewing misogyny and racism oh, yeah. before just claiming that they wish they had slaves and that white people truly have it worse than minorities. While Sasha Baron Cohen genuinely looks uncomfortable. <laughs> they claim that they were drunk. I claim that they're fucking idiots and racists. Yeah. Do you know what I do when I get drunk, Liam? Sometimes I get like a, a little like floaty with my arms and then I like to put on a movie and hang out with my friends and talk about things that aren't like how we should own slaves. What the fuck? It's so fucked up. Part six, hanging on a lampshade. There are probably some people who sincerely believe that the best Pixar character is the little lamp, Luxo Jr., that's slowly kind of become the logo of Pixar. Mm -hmm. It's named after a real lamp company, Luxo, and both Luxo and Pixar have had like a nice relationship and sort of this unspoken agreement. Yeah. And we, as we all know, founded by the uh, secret brother, Luxo Marx. Yes, yes. Groucho, Luxo, Bafobio. <laughs> well, then Pixar decides to release a miniature model of Luxo Jr. for retail, and all of a sudden, Luxo is like, wait a minute, I'm suing you guys for stealing our lamp because we're not going to get any money on this. Part seven, the final one. Awesome. No joke title will do this justice. <laughs> Another law term. <sighs> During the filming of The Dark Knight, both Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers were sued by Batman. Wait, by... Batman. By... By Batman. By Batman. The property? The, no, the ancient city in southeastern Turkey. Batman, Turkey. Oh. The mayor of... <laughs> The mayor of Batman Turkey claimed in the lawsuit that Warner Brothers and Nolan had used their city's name without permission. There is only one Batman in the world. There is only one Batman in the world, the mayor said in an actual statement. The American producers used the name of our city without informing us. In the same lawsuit, the mayor claimed that Hollywood executives had made it impossible for a city to set up businesses abroad. Oh my god. Even more befuddling is the fact that the lawsuit blamed Warner Brothers for several unsolved murder cases in their town. That's very good PR for your town. Good job, Mayor. The mayor cites the psychological impact of the films as the cause of these tragedies. To fortify their case, the city intended to prove its name predated the creation of Bill Finger and Bob Kane's famous superhero. It probably, it probably did, I would imagine. You mean a thing that isn't 100 years old is <laughs> younger than an ancient city in Turkey, one of the oldest nations in the on the face of the earth? I hope it works out for them. Anyways, I just thought we'd look into some uh, some of Hollywood's famous frivolous litigation. That's so fun. Because that's where all the real money is. Uh, and that's my that. story. Delicious, delicious little morsel. Shout out to Batman Turkey. If you live in Batman yeah. Turkey, contact us because you're awesome. <laughs> so sometimes we talk about bummer <laughs> stuff, but other times we talk about Batman Turkey, the city. 
and it's fucking great. Yeah. And we like to kind of add up to that greatness with a little section. Oh, let's get in our let's get on our razor scooters and drive down to our favorite street where Self Avenue Hang and on. Care Corner intersect. Liam, wait, we got to stop by my brother's attic and get his katana. No, first. we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Welcome to Self Care Corner. Yeah. Tom, would you like to go first? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if anybody can tell. I've had an incredibly stressful couple of weeks. I'm in between jobs right now. I've been working very hard to like get certified and stuff so that way I can actually like be officially employed by this place. Today I like finished all that coursework. It has been awful. I've been sick. The holidays have happened and I've managed to push through that while also holding down a part-time job up until like what maybe like two days ago three or four days ago seriously so i'm very happy with how hard i've worked and i feel like i've accomplished a lot of things sorry some of the stories have been like a little rushed feeling it's just been a reality of time things will get better very soon thank you for listening everybody i love you my self-care corner is that six days ago jeff rosenstock dropped a surprise album yeah it's called post go listen to it won't you it's great the end. Awesome. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so at mediamagerspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at mediamagerscast. Like Major Cast Network on Facebook for updates from the many other great shows on the network. There's a new episode of Big Time Whoopsies coming out this Wednesday. Check it out. And Sunday Morning Hangover Cure. <coughs> it's back on schedule. We got a new episode yesterday. Oh, yeah. had a fun. It was a fun new ep. Um. And uh, hey, want a self-care corner read on the podcast? Why don't you email us? Want a shout out? Write us a review. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, I've been getting emails from people who just say hello and have weird fake names. If you're real, send me another email that's <laughs> way less fakey and weird next time. Um, we've got... Uh, so, so the last couple of months have been a little threadbare on the network. Uh, we talk about it on Sunday Morning Hangover Cure, but just want to reemphasize that we're just in the middle of some big, good shakeups. Yeah, some big good things are uh, on on the horizon. Yeah, I'm so not just working stay in a tuned. Fucking movie theater any goddamn more. I don't have to serve some jackass who's here for Star Wars. Yeah, who's mad because we don't have caramelized popcorn? What? Ugh. And as always. <laughs> On that we'll be there for note. us. Yeah, we'll be there for us this time. We love you. Thank yeah. you for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major. <laughs>